All right, we're back here at J. Tom Lawler Rink with a score after two. It's been a pretty good hockey game. Uh, it is UMass Lowell 1 and Merrimack 1, battle of the number 7 and number 19 teams in the country. I'm Mike Mackin with John Leahy, and this is the Merrimack Graduate School second intermission report here on tonight's coverage of Merrimack Hockey. Joe Bittani joins us, the commissioner of the Hockey East Association. And You know, Joe, you don't always know what you're going to get in a game like this early on in the season, especially two rivals uh, that are playing each other that don't usually play each other this early in the season. And, but two undefeated teams coming in. It's been a pretty good hockey game. It's been a very good game. It's very quick. There haven't been many whistles. It's been a clean game. Um, yeah, you know, we, we've had conversations as we've switched from the play everybody three times to play two. That they're not. They don't play anybody. They don't play each other after this weekend. So it's done in October. So we've had some coaches suggest maybe we break up the traditional uh, home and home series so you can play everybody once in the first half, once in the second half, with the exception of the longer trips to Vermont, Maine, or Notre Dame. Yeah. I, uh, my one, my thought about that. It's, it, I like that idea in some ways. On the other hand, I wonder. You know, there's a given advantage. You know, lots of times when you play the same team back to back, team that loses the first night seems to have a little bit of an advantage going into the second game. Is there or the home team? You know. If they're hosting the two games, right? Yeah, as opposed to if you split those two home games up. Um, so I guess I'm wondering, you know, there's a given advantage to the teams that are far away and that you would have to play back-to-back. Yeah, we, you, we could still do a home away with the local teams. It may be a different opponent. And, you know, it's a switch for the coaches because they used to say they liked uh, preparing for the same team all week long. So play them once and once. But they have pointed out like this. This is a, a natural rivalry for the Merrimack Valley. And now unless they beat the playoffs, that's it. And it works the other way, too. If you have a big rival, you only play the last weekend of the season. And by that time, all the uh, positions of the standings are fixed, which usually doesn't happen in our league. But it may be a little anticlimactic at that point. League's off to a pretty good start in non-league play. You know, some teams, that maybe, you know, Merrimack, UMass, for, uh, uh, as examples, teams that are doing better maybe than expected off to a pretty good start. So, uh, again, that, you know, that helps the league at the end of the year, especially when you look at the pair-wise and trying to get teams into the NCAA tournament. These games at the beginning, beginning of the season can really have an impact. Yeah, we. I think we've had three out of the four nights have been pretty good. I think the last Saturday night we were we were on the, on the short side of things, and we had a couple of upsets. I guess you call them upsets. But as you say, like being surprised at a high level of play here for an October game, you also don't know who you're going to get in the schedule. So we've been the beneficiary of some opponents that are off to tough starts. And then all of a sudden tonight we're in league play for the first time. Uh, playoff schedule. Uh, playoffs stay the same. You think this will be the case uh, for the foreseeable future? It'll be two out of three in the, both the first and the second round? I think so. I mean, for two reasons. The coaches want to play more games. They'll make the cases. The kids want to play games. And then from the financial point of view, which we have to pay attention to, uh, we had 21 on-campus games last year. So if you have a if you have a championship weekend where the numbers might be down, you can be saved a little bit by the on-campus games. But it's a far cry from when we grew up and you played the entire tournament in one week. You know, you played a single quarterfinal game on a Tuesday and then you went to the Garden on Friday, Saturday. You know, those days are over. You know, speaking of the uh, the tournament, the women's tournament's going to be at Merrimack this year, and the Merrimack women's team starting up this year, so that's nice to see. Well, we're excited about that. This is my fifth game of the year, and I've seen three games here at Merrimack. I've seen two of Aaron's games, the first uh, overall game, and then last week, I actually felt pretty good. I don't have a rooting interest in these things, but I've known Aaron since she was 10 years old, and her father came up to me at the game last Saturday and said, you know, 30 years ago, I, I called you to see if you'd take a 10-year-old goalie in your camp, and Aaron was a 10-year-old from Glens Falls, and we scheduled her first game again 
against her alma mater, against UNH on purpose, and she came away with a win. So I was very happy for her. And it looked like they were in every game. I didn't see the game today, but I, I heard your interview after the first period. I mean, the, uh, they were in, they were ahead until uh, late in the third, it looked like. So um, it's great. This will be a great venue for it. Um, we've been down the Cape the last few years, and they did a nice job. We actually had the best attendance we've ever had, but the coaches really wanted to get back onto a campus, have a campus field. We thought the location here and what they've done with the facility, uh, it was it was a good move, but I'm happy we're going to be here. Yeah, it seems like more of a central location, certainly, you know, for most of the schools being in or around Boston. But uh, I'm wondering, you know, what happens, and that's the first, if I understand right, that'll be the first week, uh, the, the first round, right, of the men's tournament, right? So what, what, what will happen if Merrimack ends up hosting? Yeah, we walked through that, and the, the two rinks help with uh, practice ice and things like that. I mean, all the games obviously will be in the main arena. But they've got a schedule worked out. It may be juggling uh, when the men start. We have the option to go Thursday, Friday, Saturday if we had to. We could go Thursday, Friday, Sunday if we had to. Um, but the, 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 the school was, was confident they could work both in. And, uh, you know, well, they obviously want Merrimack men to be hosting that weekend. But there are a lot of different variables. But we can do it. ECH has been doing this for years. They they actually have their highest seed host. And sometimes they don't know until the weekend before. And then they have men and women at the same time. So at least we have an advance knowing that the women will, will be here. And just a matter of watching uh, the way Merrimack's playing to see where they end up. They're going to host some rounds. It could be the first. Who knows? It could be the second. Talking with Joe Patani, the commissioner of Hockey East. Our score after two, Merrimack and UMass Lola tied up at a score of one to one. TV schedule announced this week. Some additional games on on TV. Tell us about that. Yeah, t- tonight's actually the first game. It's uh, uh, probably just about finishing that, but it was a six o'clock start. So we have a new arrangement with a group called the American Sports Network. They're not a network per se. They're really a syndicator. They buy up the lights, the games, and then they place them. And we also had an agreement with Nesson to be the, the New England home for those games. So Nesson's going to do all their uh, Hockey East games. I think four of them are on Nesson plus because there are Bruins conflicts like tonight and the reason why fans will see some odd starting times like 6 o'clock tonight 8.30 is that they're part of a doubleheader. There's an east-west doubleheader so if we're on the 6 o'clock face-off that means there's a game from out west that will follow at 8.30 or something like that. If we're on at 8.30 that means we're the second game of the doubleheader. And we've got great coverage. We have more games than any other conference so I'm happy with that and when you, when you add the school packages that, that are getting more aggressive um, we may have as many games on TV as we've ever had and that's it. We have an announce it yet, but it looks like Nesson will be doing our championship from the garden with NBC uh, Sports Network as we have the last couple of years. That second game that you mentioned, you know, some games will be 8.30. Merrimack's got a game late this season against Vermont that was moved to an 8.30 start, which again is a little unusual, but like you said, to, to accommodate the doubleheader. If that first game runs late, will the second game be held off or will it still start on time? Uh, the games will start on time. The TV would have to make their adjustments on what's delayed. And they join in progress. Yeah, I think the tough part is the 6 o'clock Friday because everybody knows it's a little more difficult for certain, especially early areas, getting the games on Friday than it is on Saturday, but I think to have the exposure and these games, like tonight uh, Duluth, that Notre Dame was cleared in Duluth and um, in Detroit and all around the country, I mean, we got great exposure beyond what we would normally get with just a Nesson game in New England. I wanted to ask you, too, about cost of attendance, uh, what's going on with that, what's the, uh, uh, you know, what's your sense on um, the impact it may have and so on? Well, I know that it, we left it up to the schools, I think most offices did, so there's a pretty much a 50-50 split across the country, uh, 21 and doing it, 21 aren't, and the number of schools are camps, the service academies, the Ivies, a couple of the Division three schools, and hockey is at 6-6 right down the middle, so I think it's really early to see what effect it's going to have. Um, and that may change, too, in the coming years as well, right? It may change, it may change. Is that public, by the way, who's giving it, or they are not telling people? Um, you know, the figures of what, what the full cost is is public, um, 
The survey was really done by league without the schools being identified, partly because it's, it's, it's fluid. They can change their change their mind. So you're just saying, you know, the number, like in the ECAC, it may be X and Y. At Hockey East, it's 6 and 6, like you said. But you're not actually saying who those schools are. And, and I think part of the reason, like, we have a league rule that says you give a full scholarship. Some people say, well, the full cost of attendance just changes the definition of a full scholarship. Why aren't you just doing it? Because it affects the rest of the programs. I mean, they've got to figure out who's going to get it. And we, we're a little bit better because five of our schools don't have football. So we don't have that burden of giving out 65 or 95, whatever that number is, than making it up. Uh, but you still have to balance if you're going to do it for... 18 men, you're going to find 18 women's uh, athletes are getting the same benefits. And this happened so quickly, and was really pushed by the Big Five conferences, the Big Ten being the only hockey playing conference, that it, it left a lot of our schools waiting just to see how this is going to play out. Uh, before I let you go, I have to ask you quickly about that. I mean, do you have a sense that, I mean, is that going to, is it going to be a deal breaker for the schools that, that don't have it or make that much of a difference for the schools that do have it? Because in the grand scheme of things, it's not, we're not talking about that much money, right? It depends. I mean, I don't think that alone will be, but I think what bears watching, if there are other developments that add financial burdens to schools and the gap between those that can spend and those that don't gets wider, I don't think this by itself will. But, you know, you see with that full cost potential, some schools it's $1,500 an after. In North Dakota, it's $6,500 so just from a recruiting, you say, okay, we're giving you basically $6,500. If you have cash to pay some bills, and this other school is offering you $1,500, because that's what their school number is. You can't play games with it. So I don't think, I think you're right in saying this one thing won't be a game changer, but I think we, it does bear watching that some of these conferences that can pass legislation, propose legislation, and have heavy uh, resources, if, if there are a series of things that add to the cost, uh, there could be a breaking point where all of a sudden certain small schools that are struggling to pay the bills now as you know, this realignment of conferences put some schools on the airplanes and traveling a lot further than they did when the leagues were geographically uh, convenient. So I, I'm just a little nervous of where it's going because I'm not sure every one of our 60 Division One playing schools can pay the bills as easy as, as the others. Well, interesting stuff. We'll keep an eye on it. Joe, thanks as always. We appreciate you joining us, and hopefully we'll talk to you again soon. Definitely. Thank you. All right, Joe Bertani from Hockey East has been our guest here with the score. Lowell 1, Merrimack 1. John and I are back with more right after this. This is Warrior Hockey. Thank <laughs> you.